Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. How good was Pastor Joel last Sunday? What an amazing message. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you, if you missed it, uh, or if you just want to recap it, uh, we're now getting our podcast our, uh, messages back on podcast, which means you are, can uh, access them through our website. Yes, we have a website, in case you didn't know, c3wellington.com. And, uh, and they're also on Spotify, uh, I don't know, Apple, Podbean, every, I think they're kind of everywhere. So you can recap the message, you can go back and check it out. And it was an amazing message, a message in season for us as a church, and uh, I encourage you. But how good was it to have him? And we had baby dedications, it's very special. Oh, I couldn't get the name right, though, eh? I was just like, I could not get the name right. Koa Akaika Okalani. Now I can do it. I don't know why I couldn't do it last Sunday, but anyway, that's all good. So good to have Judah and Bryn dedicated to, to the Lord. But that was all last week. Let's get into this week. Uh, we're continuing our message series this morning, uh, Life, Freedom, and Purpose. And this morning, we're going to be focusing on freedom. The, 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 the message, uh, excuse me, the title of my message this morning is Unbind to Freedom, Unbind to to freedom. See, these three things are promises from Jesus. These are three things that Jesus has wrought for us, has fought for us, has made a way for us to receive. That is life, freedom, and purpose. And these are three things that we want for every person that calls C3 Wellington home. We, we want these to be the heart of the home, the thing that we're focused on, the thing that we're going after for one another. Life, freedom, and purpose. And I just want to say that Christianity is not a boring, pow- uh, powerless, and weak existence. It's a life of freedom, it's a life of power, it's a life of purpose. And so this morning, we want to focus in on, we're going to go back into the story of, John, of Lazarus and John 11, and we're going to focus in on this part of it, Unbind to Freedom. Let me recap. So last three Sundays ago, when we started this message series, we talked that, that Jesus desires to awaken you to life, and that the, uh, the, the true north of C3 is a movement, C3 Global, which is over 600 churches in 64 different nations around the world. Our true north is the salvation of lost people. We've got to make sure that we don't lose this. There's always a drift and there's a current across, across uh, church culture to shift the focus from people that aren't in the room yet, people that aren't, have not received the love of God yet, from, from people that, that are yet to, to experience the love of Jesus. We can shift the focus from making sure that we're reaching and drawing and inviting into, hey, it's about me and my life and, it's about, and, and that the gospel ends on me. And, and then we can, we, we've got to be so careful that as, as, as followers of Jesus that we understand that things continue to flow through us like a river. If we're rocking the river, the water doesn't stop on us, it flows over us. And we've got to understand that the true north of our church is to, is to reach out and bring people and, and into the presence of God to meet Jesus. The true north of C3 is the salvation of lost people. Jesus went after Lazarus. Now, in this situation, Lazarus was actually physically dead. He was sick and then he died. But I, feel, I see the metaphor here of, of Jesus actually foreshadowing our salvation in the story of going to raise Lazarus. And he says, this, he says uh, to his disciples, he said, don't go back there. Don't go back to that part of, of the country because there are Jews that want to kill you. 
There are people that want to take you out, and, and, and Jesus says, hey, man, I'm going. And I love that Jesus is risky, that Jesus doesn't go, well, if there's going to be opposition and persecution, I'm not going. No, Jesus is like, I, I don't care, I'm going. I, I, he was driven and motivated by love, but also not just love. He said that this, this death wasn't, was going to be for the glory of, of, of God, that it was going to glorify Jesus, and it was going to glorify God. So he was driven by love, but it just didn't end on that person. It went on in a ripple effect to bring glory to God. It's an incredible thing that God just doesn't do one thing. When he's doing one thing, he's doing a bunch of things, right? When, he, when the stone drops into the water, the puddles and the ripples go in every direction, not just in one. And, and so God's doing multiple things in the story. But he says this in John 11, 11 to his disciples. He says, after saying these things, he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I love that he doesn't even acknowledge it as death. It's like a temporary situation here in Lazarus's life. He's temporarily asleep. He's actually dead. But Jesus, in face, he's asleep. But I go to awaken him. I love that language. I go to awaken him. When people come to Christ, there's an awakening. There is something dormant within us. There's a, there a dormancy. There's, a, there's something that becomes alive in, in Christ. And, and, and I love that he promises in John 10.10, 10, the chapter before, that I came. Jesus, I came to give you life. And so last, week, uh, last time we were in this message series, we talked about being awakened to life. That's my recap. I'm moving on to the new message. Are you with me now? Let's go. 11.31. That's the time, not the scripture. All right, John 11, 38 to 44. Let's have a read of this. It says this, Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone laid against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And I just want to stop here. Now, I just love this moment here. Jesus is asking them to get involved in this moment. He's coming to awaken Lazarus to life. He's coming to breathe life into this guy. And, 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 he, t- and he involves the people in the moment. He says, all right, you guys roll away that stone. I just want to pause and say that we've got to remove the barriers for people to come into Christ. We've got to remove barriers. We've got to, be, we've got to watch our language and our action. Uh, we've got to watch what we do on social media. We've got to be careful because people coming to Christ matter. I love that Paul's attitude was, I'll do or whatever it takes. I'll be all things to all people so that as many as possible might receive the love of God. And I love he gets the people involved. I want to raise this person in life, but you guys have to remove the stone. Remove the obstacle that will stop him from coming to me. And I love the sisters that are pleading, if you, were, if, 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 you weren't here, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. And he says, do you believe on the resurrection life? Yes, we believe. Okay, so let's go and let's raise him. Yeah, but hang on, if we remove the stone, it'll be stinky. In this moment that, God, that Jesus wants to do a miracle, there's opposition to the messiness and the potential embarrassment and whatever else is going on. I'm saying there is going to be messiness in salvation. You know, we've got to be aware that it, there might be a bit of stinkiness. I, I don't know how we want to interpret that, but I'm just saying we've got, to be, we've got to be all right with it being a little bit gritty, a little bit messy. I love in Proverbs it says that when the oxen, when the manger is clean, there's, when there's no oxen, the manger is clean, right? But much strength gets done by the work of the ox. It's like if you want to build a, a, a thriving church, understand there's going to be some messiness. And I, we've got to embrace the smell. We've got to embrace the messiness, and we've got to roll away the stone for people. Amen? There's going to be an odor. <laughs> this is worried about the smell, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth, or come out. I'm so, so King James, eh? Come forth. Lazarus, come out. Verse 44, the man who had died came out, 
his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That's our key verse, verse 44. The man came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, his face wrapped with cloth. And he said to them, unbind him and let him go. As I said, three things Jesus wants for us. He wants life, he wants freedom, he wants purpose. I love in Galatians 5.1, it says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. So what is freedom? Let's define it. Freedom is just the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants. You have the right and the ability to act, think, and speak as you want, without restriction. This, and, and look, that's right now globally, that whole ability to speak freely is un, under, under attack, yeah? But freedom is the, the that's, that's, that's why they call it the freedom of speech, right? But this is deeper than just that. And another definition is the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. So freedom is you're not imprisoned, you're not enslaved, you're not under control. You're able to move, act, and think as you so wish and choose. And in this situation here, when Lazarus comes forth, two things about him. One, number one, his hands and his feet were bound. And I think this represents what you are called to do. See, your, your hands and your feet are bound. What you are called to do, your, your purpose, right? Your, your, what you are called to do with your hands, what you are called to do with your feet. In the moment of salvation, there comes a point, he comes out, but he's still, in a sense, bound. And I believe that there are pl plenty of people, man, that have been saved and resurrected and, and, and resurrected in, in the Spirit into, the, into salvation in Jesus Christ, yet there is still an unbinding that needs to happen. There's still a freedom that needs to happen. There is still a sense of boundness that we're not free to be what we're called to be and, and do what we're called to do. And I believe that as the part of us as a church, Jesus says, I'm calling you to unbind him. And I think this is what's critical for us is we've got to get this point this morning. This is the key point, that we are called to be freedom makers for other people, right? Jesus invites the, the crowd, he invites the people around him into the freedom of Lazarus. He says, I'm going to call him forth, but you unbind him. You take off those things that are restricting his movement. And his face was wrapped with cloth. This speaks to identity. Your face, whenever the, 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 in the Old Testament you see the word presence, you're like, I love the presence of God. And I love, the, it's, it's translated from the Hebrew word face. The presence is the face, the ability to see the face of God, the identity. Your identity is your face. When we have a conversation, we look into each other's face. It's where we, we connect through our face. Our face is connected to our identity. And so his face was wrapped. His identity was hidden. It was covered. And there was a point where he says, unwrap that. Let that come off. Help him understand. Help him understand who he's called to be. Let's remove the cloth. There are people who have been awakened to life but are still bound, not free. I love the, in 2 Corinthians, Paul says this in verses 3, 16 to 18, he says, but when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. We're talking about the face being covered. When one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. Hallelujah. So we're just, in this, we're seeing the same language here. We're seeing a veiled face, but when the Spirit of the Lord comes in, there becomes freedom, and what happens then? The unveiled face 
beholding the glory of God as being transformed into the same image from one degree to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit gets involved and when we join Him, we're helping people go from being veiled, from having their, their identity covered, from not knowing truly who they are, into a place of freedom, into the call of God in their lives, into the purpose of God in life, into the true identity that God has got for them. This is the call of us as a church, not just to see people saved, but to see them set free, to see them walking in the purpose that God has called for their lives. There is freedom where the Spirit of the Lord is. And uh, come on, we should be the most freest people on the face of the planet. It shouldn't matter what's happening in elections. We don't place our trust in the things of this world, but we place them in heavenly places, amen. And what God says will take place, will take place. And so we are the freest people. I feel like there's a war against freedom. Uh, as Bex and I, we, we, something we're really passionate about is freedom. <laughs> and I feel like the antithesis to freedom is fear. One of them especially is fear. And so, so we have a, a, a real uh, holy anger, righteous hatred, if that's even possible. I don't know if that's theologically possible. But I hate fear. I think we ought to hate fear. Fear is a destructive force that holds you back, that lies to you, that tells you that if you do that, it's going to go bad for you. Holds you back, cripples you, enslaves you, and chains you. Holds you back from what you're called to do and who you're called to be. And so we believe that Jesus came to set you free. And so there is a, there is a, there is a, a passion that we hold within us to see you free. Now, we've got to, I just want to, can I preface this, that We've got to be so careful in our style of church that we don't create a, 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 a culture of having to fit in. There's a, there's, there's, different, there's a difference between being free to be who you're called to be and fitting in. Fitting in is where you feel like you've got to be something to be accepted, right? You know, so you've got to dress a certain way, act a certain way, speak a certain way, do a certain thing in order, in order to be accepted, in order to be a part of. And so we've got to be so careful that we don't create a, 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 a rat wheel kind of uh, culture in Christianity where people feel they've got to be something to be accepted and to be loved. And it happens within church circles all the time. And we've got to be so careful that we don't create that. That is not the freedom that Christ ought for us and bought for us, right? He wants you to be who you call to be. There is not uniformity in this church. There's unity, Amen. Not uniformity. You don't have to have holes in your knees. <laughs> Do I get an amen? But it's okay for me to have holes in my jeans. It's all right. I like my holes in my jeans. No big deal, right? Let me be me. Let you be you. It's, there's room and space for every color, creed, demographic, age. We're the church of God. No uniformity but Unity. The moment that we think you've got to act a certain way, do a certain thing. Now, there are things that are, counter, that are counter to the culture that God wants us in this place, but these things rise above that fitting in thing, right? And so we've got to understand that. But I love that Jesus says to them, Jesus says to them, to the people with him, he says to them, you unbind him. I love that he invites, I love that Jesus invites us into this, he invites people into his awakening to life of Lazarus. He's like, I'm going to awaken him. Come with me. I'm going to the tomb. You roll away the stone. You unbind him. I just love that Jesus invites and invests the people into the situation. And I just want you to understand this, that freedom will come to you. Jesus wants to bring freedom into your world. But also, he wants to bring freedom through you. 
See, it's not just about you. I'll keep hopping on about this, but nothing that God does ends on you. You're not the end. It's not, you're not the means to the end. It's not just, it will always flow through you. And so Jesus loves you, and he wants to bring freedom into your world because he loves you, but for the glory of God, he also wants to bring freedom through you, right? He wants to bring freedom through you. So when we stop the process, and when we don't allow the process, there are people on the other side of our obedience that may be missing out. We unbind and uncover others. We lead people into freedom. Jesus has called us to play our part, invites us into his story, his adventure, propelled by love. We are known by our love for one another. And I love that the keys that I see that, and I think about Lazarus being in a cave with a stone, dead. They roll the stone away, they bring it forth. But I feel like there's a sense of freedom that, whatever it might be that you find... could be a sense of fear or a sense of boundedness in your world. It can sometimes feel like a prison, yeah? Like we're trapped in a prison, right? And that Jesus wants to set us free from that prison. I just want to say this morning that not only do you get let out of that prison, not only is there a, a, a journey to freedom, but there's also a set of keys that are handed to you to let other people out of the same prisons, you see. So whatever you've walked through, whatever it might be your journey, whatever brokenness might be behind you as God heals that, he's not, just, he's not just healing that and shoving that, but he will actually help you and say, right, now you bring other people through that same journey, right? So I just want to say there's nothing wasted in God, no moment of mistake no error, no sin, no, no brokenness, no mistake is, 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 is wasted. God will redeem it. He will set you free from it. And then he will give you the ability to set others free too. It's the journey and a, such a powerful thing. And last time we, in our last message, we talked about being cave, stormers and chain breakers and joining Jesus on his rescue mission. And that's what we're called to be as a church. I remember in the, in the vision that I shared, there were some that were chained and there were others that were just walking and living in that cave. And I believe it's our, it's our call as a church to rescue with Jesus those that are chained and to call those that are walking to the cave to come to the house, to freedom, to purpose. Can I just jump into a bit of a moment of teaching this morning around this word freedom? In Romans 6, Paul outlines a, a powerful a scripture around dominion. You see, freedom has the suffix dom. And so I want to just do a little bit of teaching, if that's okay, this morning around this. Because uh, dominion is this sovereignty, control, domination, authority, command, power, direction, and sway. And there is something that will always be in dominion over your world. Right? You are always going to be under dominion. You need to know this. You are never free of dominion. You are always under dominion. All right? And so Romans 6 outlines this. And there's a couple of choices of what dominion what rule, what sway, what authority, what command, and what power we will come under. And this is important as we talk about freedom this morning. Let me pick it up. I'm reading from the message. This is Romans 6. I'm going to start at verse 16. It says this. You know well enough from our own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act. But offer yourselves to the ways of God, and the freedom never quits. All your lives you've let sin tell you what to do. But thank God you've started to listen to a new master, one who commands, sets you free to live openly in his freedom. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. 
You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom, your lives healed and expansive in holiness? As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call this a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A, a dead end. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you, what a surprise. A whole, healed, put-together life right now with more and more life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death, but God's gift is real life eternal life delivered by Jesus, our master. How awesome is that, unpacking this dominion and this choice? he, He gives us two choices of dominion, Paul does. He gives us the choice of sin or the choice of Jesus. There's no third option here. We have a choice of being uh, in dominion to sin or, into, or under the dominion of Jesus, under bondage or under freedom. And I, I love how in this version, this, this, this um, translation, it says that sin is so-called freedom, false freedom. It's freedom that actually destroys real freedom. Uh, and so much of, uh, uh, I, I want to keep coming against the fact that, we, that Christianity can be portrayed or painted as boring, as, as restrictive, of taking away all the joy in life, that all the, the fun and all the choices that you might have without Jesus and without Christianity, when you step into a relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do the next thing. It's restrictive, it's controlling, it's, it's marginalized, it's minor. And I just want to say that Jesus comes to give life. He comes to give life, and, and so so much of, of the gospel has been turned upside down, and so what is truth becomes, you know, so the, the truth is Jesus comes to give life, and so the lie of the enemy is, oh no, Christianity is restrictive, boring, controlling, marginalized, it's yes and do's and don'ts and moral behavior, and, and it's so not true. It's so not true. What, what has been portrayed as freedom is so-called freedom. What the world might portray as, as, as freedom is not true freedom, it's actually bondage, it's masquerading, it's dressed up, it's painted up. It's painted up to look like the thing you desire, but it is not the thing that you're called. It's not the thing that you desire. It's, it says that sin will lead to death, to death, to death. The suffix dom means judgment. It also means doom. You've got to understand the suffix means judgment or doom. So, so true freedom is freeing you from judgment. True freedom is freeing you from doom, freeing you from death. Jesus came to free us from the judgment that was wrought to us, the judgment that we deserved, that we deserved through our actions. Jesus came to free us from that judgment. Jesus came to pay the price for us. Jesus came so that he would free us from death. He came that we would free us from destruction. This is true freedom in Christ. True freedom in Christ. Galatians 5.1, for freedom, I already said this, he, he set us free for freedom, for freedom, for freedom from judgment, freedom from doom, freedom from bondage, from death, from destruction. Christ, Christianity is not a powerful, powerless, weak, boring, meager existence. It's a life of freedom, power, and purpose. Can I get an amen? I came to give you life, life to the full. Troy, you can come and join me. Thank you, Jesus. I think we've got to understand this is so, so, so important. We understand that there is, it's a choice of, 
what dominion we're going to be under. What dominion, what's going to have rule over us? Trying to say that we can actually uh, manage sin, (laughs) manage it. It's like saying that you can manage a lion. (laughs) You can't manage a lion. A lion is the apex predator of the animal kingdom. It doesn't fear you. We can't control sin. We We can't manage it. But Christ came to set us free, yeah? From the power and effect of, of sin in our world and, a, and the power and effect of death. I love that in Christ, death is defeated. And if death is defeated, then what must we fear? That we are free. We're free from judgment. We're free from destruction. We're free from death. We're called into a life of freedom. So exciting. He came to the tomb, which was a cave. And he asked the people, roll away the stone. He called Lazarus forth. Jesus does the awakening. We just have to be there ready, right? Bring people, come. The miracle's going to happen. Come. Jesus is here. Come. Come. Jesus does the awakening. He does the calling. Calls by name. Calls by name. But then he invites us into the process. He invites us into the moment. He invites us into the journey. He says, you roll away the stone. You unbind him. And let him go. You unbind him. Now, can you imagine for just a second that in the moment, He looks at the people and says, you unbind him, but everyone standing around was bound themselves. Can you imagine the shuffle? (laughs) Okay, come here, Lazarus. (laughs) It seems a bit ridiculous, but can you imagine that? So your freedom is so critical. Your freedom is so important. It's not just about great messages and inviting people in. It's about you continuing the work with the Holy Spirit to get free. To get free. And on the other side of your freedom comes an ability to help others to freedom. This is the call as a church. It's not to cast judgment on bondage and not to cast judgment on fear. It's not, to, it's not to cause people to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not there yet. No, but it's to say, we're going to help you. We're going to help one another. We're going to believe for freedom. We're not going to stand there. Uh, we're not going to be satisfied. We're not going to accept it. There's a Bre- uh, Brene Brown who is an, a fantastic, uh, I think she's a clinical psychologist. But she writes an amazing book. She did a TED Talk. It blew up some years ago when TED Talks were on YouTube, and they still are, but when they were. Anyway, and she wrote a book about it. But uh, she says, if you argue for your fears, you get to keep them. Right? We want to be the most freest one of the things I love about dance now our daughter right now Lily is at her dance recital and she's uh, been part of a a dance school for the time we've been here and she does both jazz ballet and and hip hop and so 
This is I love, I love. There is something that crushes fear. Dance is a crazy thing, right? Dance is one of those things that can make you feel super awkward and exposed. But we also, who, who just loves to see people just, when they just dance and they've just got no shame, just the way they go. And it's like, man, that's an amazing thing, right? And, uh, and I just love it when people, when Jesus set people free, they like went away leaping and dancing, you know? It's, it's just awesome. I'm not, I'm not saying that dance is the epitome of freedom. I'm not saying that oh, if you're free, you can dance. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's such a powerful expression of freedom, isn't it? I love worship and the ability to be able to sing, lift your hands and you're free to do that. Or you feel, you feel restricted. I just want to say this. Don't, don't, allow freedom, don't allow fear to run under the guise of personality. Don't say I'm an introverted person, therefore. Don't allow fear to just un, uh, sort of covertly operate under the guise of personality, of preference. You're called to be free. You're called to do what you, what you want under the dominion of Jesus Christ, yeah? So C3 Wellington, can we be the most freest group of people? Can we journey with one another to freedom? Not feeling restricted, not feeling controlled, not allowing sin to dominate our world, but seeing that the cross has set us free. That we can, we can talk about sin. We can talk about that. That everyone in this room battles and struggles. We don't have to try and stuff that down and earn approval. But we can face, we can pray, we can support, we can keep journeying freedom together. Let's stand. I want to pray for you.